Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional written specifically for moms, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find all of those books on Amazon or at my website, DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I mentioned. Now, most of you know that my favorite magazine, homeschooling magazine out there, is Homeschooling Today. And so I'd love for you to listen for just a minute to find out why. When it comes to homeschooling, isn't it discouraging to see so much on social media that simply doesn't match your reality? Life is messy. Kids can be exhausting. School doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes we all need some real encouragement, some real, truly practical help. That's one of the reasons I write for Homeschooling Today magazine. The entire team at Homeschooling Today wants you to know that messy, exhausting, imperfect homeschooling is an incredibly beautiful thing because it's real life as we take an unhurried, bold approach to homeschooling our kids. An approach that says, I won't compare my homeschool to others. I'll teach the kids God has given me in the way that he leads me to do it. I want to encourage you to check out Homeschooling Today magazine. It is an amazing resource for the unhurried homeschooling mom. Well, I am really excited because today one of my favorite authors is joining us to talk about her book, Humble Roots, How Humility Grounds and Nourishes Your Soul. If any of you have been following me for any length of time, you know that I am terrible at finishing books. (laughs) However, I not only read this book all the way through a few years ago, I am now devouring it again and marking up a fresh new copy. So that should tell you something. Uh, The contents of this book fly in the face of the culture's way of thinking really of the world's way of thinking. And I think it's one of the things that I love about it. I I personally, I don't know about you, but I personally often make things way more complicated than I need to. And so much of it stems from pride, from thinking that I'm more powerful than I am, that I have more to say about how my life should unfold than I do. And mostly just forgetting that he is God and I am not. And it's not just forgetting, it's not yielding to this fact in every area of my life, even the smallest parts of it, especially the smallest parts of it. The topic of humility can conjure up pictures of, you know, feeling restricted or in bondage to something. But as odd as it sounds, this invitation to humility is incredibly freeing. It's another one of those principles that are simple, but not to be confused with easy, and surprisingly has much to do with our level of anxiety and stress. And so uh, I am excited to, to talk about this topic today and specifically about this book that I have enjoyed and am enjoying now for the second time. But I want to give you a little bit of background on our guest, author Hannah Anderson, She lives in the haunting Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. She spends her days working beside her husband in rural ministry, caring for their three children, and scratching out odd moments to write. In those in-between moments, she contributes to a variety of Christian publications. She also co-hosts the Christ and Pop 
Culture Podcast Persuasion. She is the author of Made for More, Humble Roots, and All That's Good, Recovering the Lost Art of Discernment, which, by the way, we will be talking about in the next podcast, so stay tuned for that. Hannah, welcome. I am so excited that you're here today. Well, thank you for asking me to come on, Dorinda. I'm very excited for this conversation. Well, let's just dive into the topic right away. I was thinking about that whole idea of writing a book on humility, like, that probably wouldn't be a New York Times bestseller. Um, not exactly a topic that people are interested in reading about. <laughs> well, that, and there's always the question that if you uh, take on the challenge of writing about humility, can you really be a humble person? Right. I, get, I get a lot of jokes <laughs> about that too. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah, I, I was uh, just read past that part where you talk about the humble brag, you know. Um, so yeah, I hear completely what you're saying. So um, tell us, what is the kind of the central idea of Humble Roots and why do you think it's particularly relevant in this day and age? Well, the absolute truth is that I'm not a humble person. Mm-hmm. And that was something I discovered, not just through writing this book, but through um, a season of really intense distress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think we think to connect those two, mm-hmm. um, that there's a question of humility bound up in our lives. I, I thought of myself as, you know, obviously I'm a sinner and obviously I'm trying to do um, my best and I'm, I'm coming to the gospel and coming to Jesus for grace, but I didn't understand the role that humility played in my core sense of self and how I would even make choices in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. The process that the Holy Spirit took me through just to even encounter this, this idea of the necessity and the invitation of humility was because I was going through a season of intense anxiety and feeling very stretched Mm. past my breaking point. And somehow I came across um, that well-known scripture in Matthew 11, where Jesus calls us to himself, you know, all mm-hmm. you who are weary. Mm-hmm. And that immediately resonated with me. I was like, yes, yes, I remember this passage. Yes, I'm coming um, back to Jesus. He's going to give me rest. He promises to give me rest. And I think sometimes we kind of miss the part of that invitation, though, as he says, come to me um, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and Earn from me, and mm-hmm. meek and lowly in heart. And there was something happening in this season that as I began to meditate on that passage and the it really began to unpack it for me, that I caught that second half, which was learn from me for I am meek and lowly of heart. And that word lowly is the idea that's um, translated in, in our modern usage as humility. It's meekness mm-hmm. or humility. And something kind of clicked in my brain. It was like, how, what is the connection between this rest that I'm longing for? I feel very oppressed. I feel very Mm -hmm. free. I want Mm -hmm. that rest that Jesus is promising. But he says it's going to come by learning from him, becoming like him, um, not in his busyness or his good works or all these other things he does, but by becoming like him in his humility. And that really stopped me up short. And there was something here that I just felt like I really needed to spend time with and tease out. And so because being the person I am, the only way I could do that was to write about it. Right, right. And I think you probably know this, um, but a lot of times authors are just working out 
their own questions and processes in their books, and they hope that maybe they might be helpful to other people who have the same question. Right. So right, for exactly. me, this um, book was kind of trying to answer that question, what does humility have to do with rest, and what does it have to do with my anxiousness and my heavy ladenness? Right, right. And I think you just did a beautiful job in the um, first chapter. I, I, you know, again, I'm reading this the second time, but that first chapter, I was like, oh my goodness, I can relate to every feeling she's describing right now. You know, um, one part that just really, really um, resonated with me is you talk about the, all the little stresses, And you said, why do all these little things amount to so much? Why do small burdens feel so heavy? I wonder if I wasn't worrying about these little things themselves so much as what these little things revealed about larger things, about what they revealed about my larger helplessness. And then um, a little further on, you, you said failure at small things reminds us of how helpless we are in this great wide world. When little things spiral out of control, they remind us that even they were never within our control in the first place. And this is terrifying. And so that was just like, oh my goodness, that, you know, I, it was just, it just resonated with me so much. And I feel like a lot of moms listening are definitely hearing that and going, oh, Yes, yes, I can relate to that. So um, I think you're absolutely right. And then as you go into, you know, just really that deeper study of what is humility? What is it for reals? You know, um, it's just it's just such a such an eye opener, really. Um, I'd love for you to give us an illustration of the problem that you're describing in Humble Roots and how does pride creep into our lives and lead us to stress and anxiety? And, and, you know, one of the most surprising things about writing this book and this exploration of humility is that it became very apparent to me very early that our cultural understanding of humility and pride didn't match the way Jesus mm-hmm. was talking about lowliness mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. meekness. Mm-hmm. Because often when we think of pride, we think of someone who's very braggadocious or very self-centered or they're very you know, out there and making themselves the most important person in the room. And if we think about humility, we think about the person who's quiet and helpful and on the side of things. And, you know, maybe they're not going to put themselves forward. And what we're actually doing is confusing personality traits, Mm -hmm. character traits, I think, a lot Mm -hmm. of times. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. when you look at the scripture, what, what you see revealed about humility, particularly about the humility of Christ, is that it's awareness of our humanity and our creaturehood mm-hmm. and a willingness to live in submission to God. Mm-hmm. And one of mm-hmm. the most clear passages about that unpacks this idea is in Philippians 2, where the Apostle Paul calls to us to have the mind of Christ, and he starts to unpack that. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, and you're going to think of others better than yourself, and there's the word humility. But then he moves into this beautiful hymn about Jesus humbling himself, taking on human flesh, and becoming obedient to the Mm-hmm. And so the humility of Jesus Christ was not manifested by standing off to the side or being quiet or not putting himself forward. It was manifested by surrendering to the call of God, taking on the limits of human flesh and becoming obedient even unto death. 
And as I began to think about what that meant for us as creatures who are made to be dependent on our creator, I began to realize that a lot of the burden and the heavy ladenness and the anxiety I was feeling was directly related to confusing myself with God, that Mm -hmm. I was often living outside of my limits, Mm -hmm. often pushing past the boundaries that he had providentially ordained for my life. Something mm-hmm. as simple as the the goodness of the my physical body, what it can mm-hmm. do and what it can't do, how much sleep it needs, mm-hmm. food it needs, and always wanting to just push, push, push. And I realized that the pride there is not a braggadocious self-centering. It's mm-hmm. reliance. Mm. It is that sense of self-dependence that I can do this by my sheer willpower that I can push past the human limits. I can be superwoman, super mom. Right. And what humility right. calls us to is to remember who is God, mm-hmm. who is not mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say that because um, having, you know, been, you know, being refreshed again by this this book and, and the contents and the reminders, the one practice— there's actually a few that I've taken away that I've been practicing every day. Um, but one of them is every time I start to feel that, that you know, you get that physical ramification of or manifestation of stress and anxiety. Right. And we all know when that's happening to us. And I just stop and I remind myself, he is God and I am not. And, and it's the strangest thing to, you know, when my heart engages in that truth, just that alone is so calming. Um, just, just because it, it puts me back in that God ordained position of creature, you know, creator creature relationship. Um, but it just is so counterintuitive to what we're being told through, you know, through everything, even, even, even often church, (laughs) depending on, you know, where, where you're, where you're, going and who you're listening to, um, you know, so it's just, and as you were talking and saying, you know, talking about, I can do this out of my sheer, I just kept thinking about Disney movies and Disney themes and <laughs> how often um, that is just fed to us from a very young age. And so, um, so really it's, it's retraining ourselves, in, you know, to align with what is actually truth. And I love the way that you said, okay, this is not about like, like somebody standing out there being, you know, bragging and doing all those things. It has so much more to do with self-reliance. And I am like 150 and 200% guilty of this. (laughs) Well, and to be fair, we live in a hustle culture. We do. Um, Of all the ways that we see false gospels being presented in our society, there are some that slip past us that is obvious. And one of the the false gospels that we have to confront about our our modern Western life is this hustle culture that Mm -hmm. if you just work hard enough, if you just do this, if you just press through, you can make yourself be whoever you want to be. And it's this myth of self-creation. Right, um, that we are the originators of ourselves, and, and what humility calls us back to is: No, you have a creator. 
and he's good and kind and providential in your life. And he's, he's made you limited on purpose so that you would depend on him. There are mm-hmm. so many things outside of your control. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we, we don't work or have effort or have agency, but what it does mean is we recognize that God is the only one who is transcendent, who is limitless, mm-hmm. the only one who is omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent. And we embrace and accept that. Right. And right. we live right. in his power, not our power. Right. Exactly. And um, I think kind of what you're describing is um, misunderstanding and misdefining humility. So what are some false ways of thinking about humility? Um, I think you've mentioned some, but, um, and then what's the right way to think about humility? Well, you know, again, one of the reasons this was such a confusing question for me at the beginning was because I could look at my life and there was nothing obviously sinful about it. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I, I right. was a pastor's wife. I'm raising my kids. I'm doing good things. I'm serving my community. And so if I'm doing all of these good things and doing them for good reasons, like I wasn't doing them to try to earn God's favor. I, you know, it was just these were the things I'd been given to do. If I'm doing all these, there's no obvious sin in my life. Why am I so exhausted? Why am I so spiritually undone? Why do I not feel the rest that the scripture promises me? Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back and say, well, where might I be missing this concept of humility? Because again, we tend to think of humility in terms of um, a, a personality type or a way of being deferential or of deflecting praise, saying, I, you know, if someone gives us a compliment, we say, oh, it's not me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we tend to view humility. And what we're really looking at is kind of a passive person. And I'm by no means a passive person, but I didn't understand that humility was a dependent person. It's a person mm. who's dependent on God, who brings every day and every moment and, and every task back to the Father and says, how am I supposed to enter into this? Which mm-hmm. responsibilities am I supposed to take up? What are you calling me to? What right. am I calling myself? Right, right. And then living yeah. in that that step-by-step dependence on the Holy Spirit to navigate the life that he has called us to, not the one that we're choosing for ourselves and then enacting. Exactly. And that reminds me of um, Proverbs. In Proverbs 3, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will be health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And I I see how much that relates to anxiety because anxiety often has um, physical manifestations. And um, and you could see how that whole... Um, idea of acknowledging him because previous to that it says you know trust in him with all of your heart don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him he will direct your path and then do not be wise in your own eyes it's kind of like repeating almost the same thing again and um you know that's something that is like a daily prayer for me like help me not to be wise in my own eyes and it's amazing when we fear the Lord, which my son, it was really sweet. He's about, he's 23 years old. And he was telling me, you know, mom, I looked up the fear, fearing the Lord. And what does that actually mean most of the time in the Bible? And it's this basically acknowledgement of power. Yes. 
which is what ties right into what you're saying here. I'm acknowledging you, God, that you are more powerful than I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm here and just humbling myself before you and acknowledging that I don't know the best things to do and, um, you know, the best things to be involved in. And um, But he's so faithful to lead us when we posture ourselves this way before him. You know, he always, what does he say? He says, you know, basically if, um, basically when we're, we humble ourselves, he in due time lifts us up, you know? And um, so I just love that. But if humility is a proper understanding um, of who we are in relationship to God, how do we cultivate this? Because I'm sure moms are listening, wondering, how do I, how do I move forward with this, this invitation? How can we learn who we are and who God is? Well, the terrible, awful thing of living outside of our limits, if we're not living in humility, um, there are going to be things that just stop us, whether we mm-hmm. want them to mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times, um, you know, God has made us as holistic beings. He Mm -hmm. made us embodied. Um, And so a lot of times, even our physical health will be a signal that will start to try to catch our attention. For me, it was sleeplessness, restlessness. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, our bodies are so wonderfully created by the creator that he has these inbuilt kind of safety valves and that. Right, right, right. Like a governor. Yes. And so it is both um, horrible when you find that your physical body is not working the way you expected it to work, Mm -hmm. but it's also Mm -hmm. a signal and a kindness for us to Mm -hmm. and pay attention Mm -hmm. to what is happening to us physically. We are not intended to just push through. And so for me, something as simple as... um, Sleeplessness and restlessness was designed to to be to catch my attention mm-hmm, and to stop mm-hmm. and pay attention long enough and to be humble enough to recognize that my sheer willpower wasn't going to overcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think what we begin to do is we begin to cultivate more of a self-awareness or an awareness. You know, none of us just automatically become humble. Humble right. is not something that you just put on your to-do list and then you But if we're in step with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be this gradual awareness and awakening to the pressure points in our life and how Mm -hmm. they come in and push us. And when we begin to have that sense of agitation and that restlessness, just like you described, stop and say, where might I be trying to control this? Where Mm -hmm. might I be trying to force my will. Mm-hmm. I, in this moment, need to relinquish something um, to God and to put my trust in his power. And, you know, sometimes our bodies get so worked up that it's not going to just be a mental game. Like, we no. do need to care for them in ways that help them come back down right. um, that kind of agitated space. And so mm-hmm. it is a very holistic process that includes the humility to recognize our physical limits as much as our emotional limits and to channel that in a way back toward our dependence on God. Mm, mm, 
Yeah, that's so good. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been in that process now for a while that you're describing, and you're right. Those limitations that God puts on us, they are grace um, to keep us really from destroying ourselves, because we don't realize that if we continue, our, our bodies just weren't made. We weren't made to be God. We weren't made to, you know, have that kind of position. And so. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've had the same experience myself. And you're so right. I mean, sometimes our bodies are so wound up that it's, it's, uh, it can be a process and sometimes you need help coming down from that. And, um, and that's a very legitimate, um, legitimate place to be. Um, but I think that, um, I wanted to ask you another question. How does humility free us from stress in our work? Now, you're talking to uh, pretty much 100% homeschooling moms. So they are home with their kids all day long. And our so our work is is within our homes mostly, yeah. you know, just being home with our kids and all of that. And it's like, it's a choice we've made. It's something we want to do. But um, I know I have dealt with my own levels of stress and anxiety in that process. And so um, I'd just love for you to, to share how humility frees us from stress in our work. Right. And particularly in the work of family, the stakes are so much higher. Mm-hmm. We feel mm-hmm. them more deeply and it's mm-hmm. more personal than, say, if we were just going out into the marketplace. Um, because one of the things that we're doing in the space caring for family or those we love is we're really investing deeply in, in, in these image bearers. Mm-hmm. And so the stakes ratchet up very quickly. And if we're not careful, we can take that on ourselves as if we were the one who was going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've learned the hard way and I've tried to articulate in the book is that there's a difference between us being faithful to the task that God has called us to. There is a responsiveness that a humble heart responds to God in obedience. That is how Jesus Christ responded to the Father. His humility led him to be obedient to the call that God had on his life. But he also entrusted the results to God. And there's this beautiful Mm -hmm. thing that happens in the gospel where Jesus Christ willingly obeys the Father and goes to the cross, and then he's dead. And all of his efforts to do anything as a human being are dead. And those of us who know the whole story, we want to jump too quickly to the end. And we, we miss that three days in the tomb where there's that sense of your work is done. It is limited Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. has been entrusted to the father and what the father does in response. He brings forth the fruit. He brings forth Mm -hmm. life. He brings forth resurrection. He brings forth all of us through the sacrifice of his son. And I think what we have to understand is that is the work of humility. That's how humility works. Humility Mm -hmm. obeys and then hands off to God to bring forth fruit. And that's a lesson that is so hard. (laughs) It is. It really, really is. You know, it's funny that you said that because this last Sunday, Sunday morning message at our church, this is what was said, was we are in the obedience business, not the results business. And I have been reminding myself of that all week. So Lord, what does it look like to walk in obedience to you today? Whether that's 
going out into my backyard and working on my garden. Okay, so what are we doing next? You know, um, because my life is different than it was when the kids were home in terms of I have adult kids coming in and out all, you know, fairly frequently. And I want that, um, but I have to be so... um, just open and flexible and willing to say, okay, the Lord's leading this way. I need to take um, this adult kid to, you know, follow him to the mechanic because his car needs to get worked on or whatever, you know. And so, you know, just keeping that in the forefront of my mind that, Lord, everything I'm doing as I'm as I'm walking in obedience to you, um, I'm not responsible for the results. It, so at the end of the day, if it, it, it seems as though I don't have anything tangible <laughs> to, to measure anything by, that's okay. Um, my measuring stick needs to be obedience and not results. Right. And um, I had someone share with me that the question we should ask ourselves at the end of the day, not what did I accomplish or did I get my list done, but was I faithful? Mm-hmm. And that small shift mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the, your ability to put your head on the pillow at night and rest, That's right. rest in the father's care for you, rest in the fact that he will bring forth fruit. Because one of the things, and I tell this story in the book that we do a lot of gardening and um, you can sometimes do all the work that you're supposed to do for mm-hmm. a crop. And because of forces outside of your control, you can harvest nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you may also do less than you should and expect mm-hmm. a certain crop. And because of God's grace, you may harvest abundantly. And I think one of the dangers is when we begin to correlate our work with the harvest, because mm-hmm. that um, takes out the grace and the goodness right. and the provision and the dependence on the Father. And so it's not that we don't work. We show up in our gardens. We cultivate. We do That's the hard right. work of sowing and weeding and watering. But at the end of the day, we're entrusting the results and the harvest um, to the Father. Mm-hmm. And that is that is an act of humility because, again, we are actually living out that that concept, that principle that he is God and we are not. Um, So how does humility free us from the stress of comparison? This is such a temptation for moms and homeschool moms um, of always evaluating our performance against someone else's. Mm. Well, again, I think it goes back to what we've been discussing is humility is remembering that God is God. We are not God. Mm -hmm. If he is God, then he gets to say what each one of his servants do. He's mm-hmm. the one that calls us. He's the one that gives us the particular details of our life, the particular vocations that we have been given. And so if we are all living in that, if, if we all are saying he is Lord, then the, the measure of faithfulness is, am I doing what he has called me to do? Mm-hmm. Not looking mm-hmm. over at your neighbor And then feeling like, well, I'm not doing what she's doing, therefore I'm failing. Or I'm not doing this enough because what we're doing subtly there, we may not be putting ourselves in the place of God, but we're putting another person in the place of God. Exactly. Oh, you just, you hit the nail on the head. And I've shared this before so many times um, throughout the years um, when I faced that temptation to compare. um, It was like God would bring me back to Dorinda this is your garden right here. This is your garden. Focus on 
your own backyard, your own garden, what I have put in front of you. It's it's of no use for you to be looking over the fence <laughs> at someone else's garden and saying, oh, but their garden looks so much better. Oh, look at their squash. It's so much prettier than mine or whatever. There's no, there's nothing, nothing good comes out of that. Now, that doesn't mean we can't learn from other people. I could go over to my neighbor and say, hi, how'd you get that great looking squash? You know, something like that. But at the end of the day, the bulk of my energy and the bulk of my focus really does need to be what has God put right in front of me? And then engaging in that fully, being fully present and just like you said, showing up every day. And, you know, homeschool moms, they get discouraged sometimes and they feel like they often feel like they're not doing enough, um, even though um, I, I typically think they're doing a lot more than they realize they're doing. But they, they can get discouraged by those thoughts. And so um, I think it's just such a, it's a freeing thing. It is. And one of the other temptations, if we're comparing, is that it can happen in reverse where we look over at someone else and we see them doing less than we think we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the temptation to pride then is manifesting itself because comparison works in both directions. I it does. find someone who appears to be doing more than me. And I can always find someone who's, who appears to be doing less than I am. And mm-hmm. so keeping our eyes fixed in front of us and keeping our ears attuned to God, who is God, will keep us from both of those ditches. Hmm, I love that. So um, here's another question. How does humility, this is almost a little bit on the other end of the spectrum, how, how does humility free us to dream and take risks? Yeah. This was one of my favorite, also most challenging sections of this journey and writing this book, because I think sometimes when we define humility as passiveness or kind of a personality trait, it excuses us from risk. It Mm. excuses us from dreaming because what we're doing is we're saying, well, I'll just stay here in my space that I'm comfortable in and that will be humility. But if humility is defined as God is God, and I am not God, and I am Mm -hmm. responding in obedience to God, who is the creator and Lord, if God has dreams for you, and God is calling you into something, humility means moving toward that thing and responding Mm -hmm. in obedience. And, And there's an invitation here not just to obey God in ways that he might have something greater for us than we recognize, but also to risk dreaming and entrusting the results to him. Because Mm -hmm. if our dreams don't manifest, if we don't have the, um, they don't come to fruition the way we think they will, there will be a grief Mm -hmm. and there will be a loss, but there will also be the confidence that God was in even that. Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. not a failure so much as an entrusting of our lives to the Creator. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is this great latitude um, when we are properly situated to God as the Creator and as our Lord, that we can risk dreaming for things, handing them over to Him and saying, I'd really like this to happen. Could you, would you work in this way? But if not, you're still God and you're still leading me into goodness. And then Mm -hmm. when he does lead us beyond all we could ask or think and things that we would be content not moving into, 
he also gets the praise and credit because it's not something we would have ever pursued had he not called us into it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Okay, I have a final question here. What specific habits and daily practices can help us cultivate humility? Well, I think, again, as we've been talking, this is a disposition of dependence. And so whatever practices put you in a place to remember your dependence on God throughout the day, that's a practice that will cultivate humility. So something as simple, and I know a lot of us do this out of tradition and habit, but something as simple as stopping before you eat Mm-hmm. To thank God for the provision of food because you know it wouldn't be there unless he gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. that simple is a, a prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving is a humble prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back to the basics of I need to have the word of God in my mind because if not, I'm not going to know how to think about things. That's right. Um, and because we're not going to get there on our own. Our minds are not going to be smart enough to just figure things out. A prayer is a massive act of dependence because it's coming back and entrusting our desires and our needs to the Father. And so anything that cultivates dependence on God, mm. and I know mm. it sounds simple, but it's prayer. It is going back mm. to His Word. Mm-hmm. Living in dependence on others. Learning to take help is a form of humility because it's an act of dependence. Um, knowing that God has put people in your life for that purpose, for, for his good purposes, and learning to trust and lean on them is an act of humility. So again, it comes back to just redefining humility, not as a personality trait or passivity, but as dependence, dependence on God and dependence on his people. Mm, I love that. Oh, this has been so good. I, I've got notes all over the place. I'm just, <laughs> it's like chicken scratch all over the paper. Oh, I gotta write that down. I gotta write down, down that down. Oh, that. so thank you. I am really grateful that you've been here with us today, but I would really, before we close in prayer, I'd really love for you to share some ways that moms can connect with you and then where they can find your books. So I am online at sometimeslight.com. That's kind of my landing page. It used to be a blog. Mm-hmm. There's some articles there, but mostly you'll find links to find me in other places. I'm on Instagram, Hannah um, Anderson on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Sometimes Light. Uh, my books are on Amazon and um, major publish, um, major. Um, what do you call them? Booksellers. Booksellers. That's mm-hmm. what they call them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, major booksellers. <laughs> And so I'm out there. Uh, I do go by the tagline, Sometimes a Light, which is from um, the old hymn um, by Cooper. Sometimes a light surprises the Christian while he Mm. sings. It is the Lord who rises with healing in his wings. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, what we'll do is we'll make sure that all of what you just mentioned will be in the show notes. We'll make sure that we put that in there, Mom, so you can connect with Hannah. And I can't encourage you enough to go and buy uh, Humble Roots, you will not be disappointed. Um, So in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about rediscovering the lost art of discernment. And um, that, uh, again, was another just fantastic book. And so we're going to be talking about that in the next podcast. So Hannah, I appreciate that you're willing to come back again. And thank you again for being with us today. 
Thank you. All right, I'm going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, you are so good to us. We thank you for the timeliness in terms of knowing when we need to hear things, Lord. And I don't doubt for one second that every mom who's listening um, was meant to listen to this podcast. And God, we I know that... Um, you are doing a work in each and every one of our hearts. You're always moving. You're always working. And so um, I do just pray that as the moms walk away from this podcast, that they would you would bring back to their mind the things that you have for them, Lord. Let them be able to um, recall and to meditate on the truths that we talked about today and then meaningfully apply them um, in obedience to you, God. We thank you for every mom listening. We thank you for the good work that she's doing at home with her family and homeschooling kids and um, just all the things, Lord. But we thank you that you haven't called us to do um, more than you give us grace to do. And so we just pray that you would give us wisdom, that we would recognize and respect the boundaries that you have put on us as creatures, that we would properly worship you um, in in um, humility, Lord, and, and in truth. And we just thank you again for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.